rdtdaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. Hello, everyone. How's everybody doing? I'm alive. I'm alive. It's nice to be alive. It really is. I enjoy it, especially when we live in interesting times. Don't want to miss the fun. Yeah, I was very sick last week. I So anyway, before I get into it, I'm very sorry. Let me do the, the palaver that I must do every week. Um, my name is Tara Devlin. We meet here every Saturday evening at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels, and then we are rebroadcast starting Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern on Progressive Voices. And as I missed it, we meet here every Saturday evening from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern. And then we're rebroadcast on Progressive Voices, like I said. And then it's GDPR Revolution 99, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Periscope, what else? Um, Twitch, a bunch of anywhere, really. Um, thank you for your reviews. I really appreciate it, and it's also, it helps us grow. And if you haven't given us a, re a review yet, us, I don't know, us, the very small team of people that work on the show and on RDT Daily. So it's kind of like a team effort. But um, do, do me a favor and do it, because we have to, we really have to grow. Eventually, I hope not to be sitting here in five years um, begging for, you know, whatever. I hope to. I hope we're in a better place, and I don't mean heaven. So um, I hope we're here on Earth fighting, uh, and and the and the election is over, and we have a normal person for president, right? And we're fighting to keep the fascists fascists at bay. We're not fighting to kick them out of the halls of power. We're just trying to keep them in their place. That's the future I, I, I hope we can all manifest together. Wouldn't that be delightful? And it, it is coming, um, but they, they are really scared. They know that their time is coming to an end. They know that people are catching on to the fact that uh, well, maybe I'm, maybe I'm being optimistic there, because I was going to say that capitalism is uh, kind of, well, I, and then I thought, no, no, they're not catching on to that. They're catching on to the fact that the wealthy have entirely too much power in this country. That's, that's the problem. And one of the things that I wish the, all the Democratic candidates would would talk about is the fact that you cannot have a democracy and concentrated wealth at the same time that i don't i don't understand even bernie doesn't say that i mean maybe it does maybe i missed it but the it doesn't they just don't coexist you can't that is one of the reasons why we had an estate tax it was to protect democracy from the inter from from an intergenerational aristocracy developing and taking over you know yeah no so yeah so i'm feeling better but last week i basically let me just tell you what happened after i during the show i felt myself like fading fast i was really getting sick during the show and after the show was over i was i don't even know i'm sure i had a fever and I went to bed, but I woke up on Sunday with 104 fever, 104. 
which is entirely too high for, for anyone's brain. So I was very sick and I ended up because I had a flu. This is what happened a couple weeks ago. As, as you guys know, I caught the flu. I usually get the flu shot, but I didn't get it this year for no apparent reason, just for sheer whatever, having a million things to do. I will never do that again. I will always get the flu shot because you don't want the flu. It sucks. And um, and even if you get the flu with the flu shot, you at least you have a fighting chance. That's how I look at it. But the flu, it's like some kind of, I don't know, it was weird. You know, even this, this so, that, so it came back. That's what happened. And apparently the doctor told me it was a very resilient strain this year. But it was, it's like some Freddy Krueger flu that comes and gets you in the night because I... I'm not saying uh, Saturday night, but before I started getting sick, both times, I was fine, 100% fine. I didn't even, there was no indication. And I felt like, so the second time, it's pretty scary when it happens again. So, but anyway, so this time I was so sick, 104 fever, and I kind of suspected what was going on because I had the same symptoms of the first flu episode. And so I called the doctor on demand, you know, you do on the phone, one of the, you do a FaceTime. I just couldn't get out of my bed. And uh, so they called in a prescription for me. And, and I'm telling the story because um, what happened was the insurance company wouldn't pay for the prescription, of course, because I had just had it. That was their excuse. I just had it two weeks ago. So what do I need it again? Because why would a doctor call in another dose of Tamiflu? Just for shits and giggles, right? But I was so irate. So this is why it sucks. This this insurance company, uh, baloney. So I saw some, uh, what's his face? One of these idiots, Noel somebody, or I actually tweeted him because he was uh, on MSNBC. This guy, he needs, he really needs a top hat and a monocle. Because he is the mouthpiece for everything that sucks. Everything that the working class, he's, he's completely out of touch. And on MSNBC, of course, I'm in, in my stupor, he's uh, saying how most people, because they're talking now on the table is Medicare for all. People are talking about it. Most people love their insurance. Really? They love their insurance. No, people like to get health care. That's what they like. They don't like getting the bill. They don't like dealing with uh, co-pays and and PPOs and HMOs and and exclusions and who and is it in network out of network? No one likes dealing with the insurance companies. So to say that most people love their insurance companies, and the, the reason that why morons fr- freaked out during Obamacare was because they were afraid of losing what they had for the unknown of what was to come. Oh, I don't want to lose what I have. I have a good I have a good plan. You know, we'll try using it. Because I know people, and, I, uh, and I'm sure we all do, we all have stories about people who have had catastrophic illnesses and have been denied care. Because that's what the insurance company does. They, they don't get rich paying claims. They get rich denying people health care. So in uh, their plan, I suppose, I had the flu already. Why would I need Tamiflu again? Oh, well, sucks to be you. I guess I never heard of something called a relapse. I don't know why they have that word. But that's one of the things that they excluded. And it wasn't, you know, it was $100 for me to pay for the medication out of pocket. But that's how they do it. 
And then I called up the insurance company because I had 104 fever and I was delirious. And I'm a democratic socialist and, 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 and I'm in a frenzy at this time because I just hate them. I hate them. I hate having to deal with them. Honestly, a lot of times I wish I was born in Ireland frankly and i and because i know myself that if i was looking at this system from afar that i would have so much gratitude that i wasn't a part of it that i didn't have to deal with it i would look at it and look at the people who fight for it ye- yelling and screaming at the town halls if you remember i would look at them with what are you i mean is something wrong with you or something? i mean and i would just be like so grateful that i wasn't an american so that i was living amongst somewhat normal people who understand but not this effing country and uh so i called up the insurance company but it was probably some guy in india so he probably has health insurance anyway and I was like, why are you not paying for my Tamiflu? Um, it's not like I, I wanted to get another 104 fever. Um, yeah, I had it two weeks ago. It came back. You think my doctor called it in just to, as a joke? Or you think he called it in because I needed it? And uh, he's like, the guy was like, oh, whoa, uh, ma'am, we have a mail order. Have you heard of our mail order pharmacy? Uh, that's a little too late, honey. A mail order? For Tamiflu? I'm sick now, you freak. And I was like, you are... Uh, I said something like, I don't even remember. And I felt bad for the guy, but whatever, who cares? I said, you better get a new job, frankly. Because I'm going to do, like everybody else who is normal in this country, everything I can to put you out of business. Because there is nothing more unconscionable than standing in somebody's doctor's office denying care. Figuring out ways that you're not going to pay so your CEO can fly around on a private jet. And, and it's, we're, not, we're not kidding here. We all remember the story of Bill McGuire from United Healthcare, who left that company with a $1.6 billion bonus. One human being got a bonus for denying other human beings health care. That's what he did. So may they all rot in hell, frankly. And I said, you better get a new job, whatever. That's what I said to the guy. But he, he probably has universal health care. He doesn't know what the hell he's, you know. He was speechless, though. But I'm sure I'm, I'm not alone. And I was just triggered. <laughs> you know, like snowflakes. I'm a snowflake. I get triggered very easily. Not like, I mean, I'm sort of like Mark Meadows in that sense, you know. Well, I was going to talk about this. So this week, of course, so I, I also want to apologize because I basically did not leave my house for a week. And I went out today to get the mail. That was about it. And because uh, I'm actually feeling better, thankfully, now. But I wasn't really, I, it's been a very uh, long week of recovery from this flu. So, and that's what they told me. The doctor said it was going to be long because if you get it again, it's, it's just going to take longer and blah, blah, blah. And uh, whatever. So it was probably like hibernating in my body. I mean, maybe it wasn't completely. Uh, murdered by my 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 uh my army inside and uh and it was just like lying in wait to take over again and that's what it did but that's why i was like afraid even to go to sleep because all of a sudden it would come back in the night that's what i said it's like a freddy krueger damn virus you don't even want to sleep it's like one two (laughs) 
I, that's what I was telling my sister. I'm afraid to go to bed. But anyway, so there you go. I need to, uh, I don't know, I generally take good care of myself. I eat right, I exercise, I don't smoke, I whatever. I mean, but you just can't avoid it. Sometimes you're just living amongst other people. That's the way it is. Things happen, and nobody plans it. And that's the whole thing about having health care. And I hate this whole thing. Everybody wants access to affordable care. Access to affordable care? There should be no such thing as the filthy, greed-centered ghouls of the health insurance racket. Because that's all they are, a racket. They do nothing but skim money off the top. That's all they do. Tell me something. Do they administer the flu shot? No. They do nothing. And then they are all, and then when you call up, when I called them, they're like, we're here to help you. Your, your uh, friggin' health is our blah, blah, blah. Like, they care? I'm laying there with 104 fever. What do they care? They go, go die. You're, gonna, you're costing us money here, dumb bitch. We don't need you. Go die. Why, why aren't you dead yet? You're not young and healthy and vibrant anymore. We don't want to deal with you. We want money. We want money. We want your money. And honestly, aren't you tired, as I am, of living in a country where greed is the only value worth fighting for? That's what it seems like. This country is really, really lost. And honest, and I watched Bernie Sanders today, okay? Thankfully, I'm a Bernie bro. This is, this is the face of a Bernie bro. And... Um, I'm going to support Bernie. I mean, obviously, I will vote for whoever becomes the nominee. Let's put that out there. But I will, I'm going to do my part. I'm going to donate. I've already donated. I've set up a recurring donation. And I will spend my time and energy just like I did the last time, knocking on doors, doing anything I can do. If I have spare time, that's what I did. They, They actually had an app. With uh, I don't, I'm sure they'll have it again last time where you could just sign up if you had some spare time. Boom, you uh, there you go, you have something to do, and you don't, and that, and it's really a great way to meet people too. It's fun, so you know, I mean, vote for, I mean, and support whoever you want, but I don't really see like Amy Klobuchar filling out a stadium, frankly, but. Maybe I, I'm missing something. And um, they, everybody's talking about we want somebody to beat Trump. I Bernie will beat Trump. I don't care what they... Oh, he's a socialist? Give it a minute. Let Bernie speak. Put Bernie and Trump next to each other, and you'll see. Because as we know, during the 2016 election, many people said they were going to vote for either Trump or Bernie. Believe it or not. What about all those, all those, uh, what do you call it, Obama voters who went for Trump for whatever reason because they were sick of being screwed? I mean, honestly, there is a lot of that, too. I know I call these Trumpanzees morons. A lot, the Trumpanzees are morons. Then you just have the misguided souls who are I, I, some, I, it's almost like you can't help it. They can't help it because... They're they're working their fingers to the bone in this oppressive system where they have absolutely no time. And then they put on Fox News. What can they what do they get? What do they know? They can't argue with that because they're they're exhausted. 
They're just trying to keep their head above waters. And then they got the Sean Hannity telling them, you're a capitalist, you're a capitalist. And they're just hanging by a thread half the time. You see all these now because of Trump's tariffs, a lot of these farmers are going, uh, they're declaring bankruptcy. I mean, Trump, everything Trump touches dies. Okay? So we know that. And now he's got his greedy, pudgy little fingers around the neck of the, of the bald eagle, the American eagle. And he is choking the life out of us. Um, he's, he, anyway, so I saw Bernie today. The thing that irritated me, and I tweeted about it, and, um, was that I was very happy, though, first of all, that MSNBC played the entire Bernie speech. That was nice. They should have played uh, Nina Turner and uh, the and the the uh, other people that introduced him. That's I would have loved to see that. But you you know, hey, that's great. I mean, that's an improvement because last time they gave him like two minutes in comparison to what they would just say, oh, the, this uh, this old cranky old socialist is running. Whatever. Back to back to Trump. Back to an empty podium. Uh, we're waiting for Trump to to uh, take a shit on it. And uh, so they, they, and he, I enjoyed the speech, of course, whatever. And um, they go back to uh, the the panel of people on Alex Witt's show, and they're they're all Bernie haters. They have a whole panel of people that can't stand Bernie, and I just don't get it. Why would you do that? Why? Why don't you have at least one person that's for Bernie? And they're saying, oh, he's so old, he's too this, he's too, he's a socialist, he'll never win. Baloney! He's a socialist. And I live in uh, Alexandria or Arcasio-Cortez's district. I am, she's one of, she's my, uh, my representative, whatever. This is not a big whoopee socialist, uh, stronghold if you came here you'd see it's families it's old people young people it's a diverse neighborhood you all you got to do is speak the truth to people and be and be honest and real and people respond to that she she knocked on doors she knocked on every door in this district not her alone she had help and they knocked on my door so it's that's how you do it you get out there. You talk to people, and people know they're being screwed. So not not the not the Trumpanzies. They're uh, woo wee woo, mama mia. So there's a couple of things I wanted to talk about. Um, that but you know Bernie, whatever. I mean, his uh, he launched in Brooklyn today. Just up until the show began. The hashtag Bernie in Brooklyn was still trending hours later, around six hours later after his speech. So they can negate him all they want, and they will. Because what he is talking about is the remedy for what is needed in this country. And, okay, I was just checking my audio. I believe... It's the truth. We have to get money out of politics. We have to have a uh, Medicare for all system. 
Enough is enough. How much do we have to remain indebted to this broken-ass system? Because it makes a few... few, I don't even want to... I mean, I'm trying not to curse, but whatever. A few greedy bastards richer than they will ever be in a thousand lifetimes. Than they they will ever spend, I, I meant to say. I mean, what does it, so they, they, they uh, took that $100 out of my pocket, right? So you pay your health insurance premium, which is my, my premium for my health insurance is more than my goddamn mortgage, okay? This is how it is in this country. This is, that is unheard of all over the world. We, all over the world, you pay your taxes, and when you're sick, you go to the goddamn doctor. And if the doctor needs to order you Tamiflu twice in a month, they don't question it. It's, it's paid for. It's done. That's part of being a, 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 in a civilized nation that's not centered on greed. So they took the hundred, that, that $100 and this $100 and this $1,000 and this $15,000 and $20,000, that all adds up. All of the care that they deny people, a little, little bit at a time, big, big care, little care, whatever they can do, they're not out for you. You know, every, uh, people who watch the show and listen to the show know that I am an addict in recovery. And I've gone through, I know the insurance companies because I've, I've went to rehab. I went to rehab before they passed a law that you had to, um, now there's a law, I don't know what the situation is now, frankly, where you had to, they have to treat addiction or, or mental or medical, what do you call it, mental illnesses as uh, uh, in parity with medical illnesses. They didn't do that when I went to rehab because they could. They, you think they care? Go die. I, I've paid for rehab out of my pocket. I had to cash in my 401k. I was like, oh, well, I think I should go because I'm going to be dead. So I might as well at least take this chance. And because I, and I had health insurance at the time from a job I was working at. So, but they didn't cover um, any kind of substance abuse because they could. They, that's how they do it. They don't care. Now, now there's an op- you know, I was an early adopter of the opioid epidemic. Too early at this point, right? Now, I guess they have to cover certain things because there's laws that make them do it. They are forced to act like human beings. How many people have they killed and not even to mention, you know, the, the irony of them just doling out and paying for pills on, on top of pills and oxycodone and cotton and whatever the hell that get people addicted and then having the nerve not to even pay for the goddamn recovery. But that's what they do. So they're useless. They, we don't need them. Can't we do better? That's another thing. This is what I think. This is, this is, how much do we have to hate ourselves to continue to allow a system where it is the measurably worst system in the entire modern world with the worst outcomes where we pay double and millions are left out and millions go bankrupt and, we, and, they, and, and dumbasses cheer for it? How much do you got to hate yourself? You, they really need to get the hell out more. I mean, really. And then I think about other things. 
Like, uh, they just, they just get away with things. Like, so in my sickness, I was watching, I mean, a kind of, I mean, whatever that show, I mean, it's almost embarrassing to admit, but because it's, uh, it's on TLC, (laughs) it's called I am jazz. It's about that transgendered young woman who is beautiful. She's a very engaging woman. I mean, I, I, I consider her very brave, but she went through they call it um, gender confirmation surgery right now. But the insurance companies wouldn't pay for it. Of course not. Why would they? That's money out of their pockets. They don't want to pay for your goddamn aspirin. Doesn't They want to take your premium, but they don't want to pay for your, um, for your medical needs. That's just the way it is. So that was pissing me off too, and that's just the way they are. They uh, so I understand people work for them, and uh, well, I'm sorry, but there'll be other jobs, and maybe you'll you could feel proud that you don't have to go through somebody's file and figure out ways to deny them care when they're sick. The, I mean, what kind of a ghoulish system is that? And how do you and and this is why the hypocrisy is astonishing, because you think about I always think about this because I live right across right out my window I could see where the twin towers once stood, and I think about the Republicans and everybody else and especially the Republicans because the the Republicans are really good about public displays of patriotism. Right. Not so good about actually following through with patriotism. Right. They'll leave you on the battlefield every goddamn time. But they are, they talk about moving heaven and earth to if they could save one American. Really? Well, there's a lot of Americans. In fact, they've done studies, as we know, 35,000 Americans every year die with needlessly because they don't have care. A lot of that. A lot of people dying needlessly, but they don't seem to want to move a goddamn pinky for that. As long as there's money on the table. Well, we, we know that, though. This is why they're vile. This is why Republicans are vile, and they need not to be in positions of authority. And I was, as I was watching the Cohen hearings, in between watching I Am Jazz, <laughs> I'm just kidding, I was, I was watching the Cohen, I mean, that was good. The Cohen hearings were epic in my opinion, because, I mean, it's not really that epic. In, in a way, many things happened. Many, many things. Um, because, well, I mean, Cohen said things that we already know. Trump is a racist, a liar, a cheat, a con man, right? That's what he said. But it was nice to get it right out in the open. I'm sure he felt very, he felt relieved to say it. And, yeah, he worked for him. For many years, the thing that is was so funny was and pathetic, and really just illustrates everything I always say about Republicans being unfit to hold leadership positions in a modern nation. Were the their entire line of questioning, which was none. They had no questions for Cohen. They just had statements like, "Well, let me just play one of the statements." Hold on. I wish I had a better system that... You know what I mean? 
You, I work uh, with this video thing that, where the hell is it? Do, 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 do. Did I not save it? Holy moly. Anyway, I thought I had it. I'm sorry, guys. Um, it was one of the, the filthy Republicans telling Cohen, liar, liar, pants on fire. That was his, that's his, uh, that's what they sent him to Congress to do. Liar, liar, as our mothers would tell us, that's what he said, as our mother, uh, uh, the, the old adage our mother would tell us, liar, liar, pants on fire? No, my mother never said liar, liar, pants on fire. See, this is what I'm saying about Republicans are unfit to hold leadership positions in a modern nation. They're, they're infants, you know, like we talked about before, the PP police, the PP patrol, who's, who's got PP, what, what PP is in the bathroom, is it the appropriate PP, right? Like, just like babies, you know? I, have, I, don't have, I don't have kids, but I have nieces and nephews. I remember my nephew when he was little coming out of the bathroom, look at my PP. That's what they are. You know, he was, he was like about two. I think Republicans are stunted. They're like, you know, he was, my, my nephew probably was like, wow, look at this. My pee-pee. And uh, that's what Republicans are. Oh, the pee-pee. They're, 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 they're infants. Liar, liar, pants on fire. If, that's your, if your mother was uh, the one that taught you that, then no wonder. It's a whole line of emotionally stunted morons. Imagine that, your mom. I mean, no backs, no backs, no penny tax. As your mom, as my mom used to say, I'm rubber, you're glue. Whatever you say st sticks to me, st whatever the hell. Hops on you. <laughs> like that filthy Kruger virus that comes and gets you in the night. <sighs> but I'm like, that's all they had to say. You're a liar. You're a... You're, you're a convicted liar. You're going to jail for lying. Well, too bad that Trump can't go to jail for lying. All of a sudden, these filthy Republicans are so repulsed by lying when they have a literal con man who is documented for lying almost 10,000 times, which I'm sure is lowball at this point. And these delicate little little snowflakes are uh they're they're so upset that cohen lied of course he lied look at who trump surrounds himself with he's a, he's chief liar and then all of them uh ivanka eric trump donald trump jr uh the all of them down to uh little baron and um the the whole the whole lot of them this is their their business model is fraud. They've been li they they Fred Trump is a liar. Grandma Trump is a liar. Mama Trump, baby Trump, grand grand grandpappy Trump, great great grandpappy pappy Trump. They're all liars. I'm sure they lied. They they lie coming out of the womb. This freak show of a family. There is no more useless collection of, uh, of, of human DNA than the Trump clan. They are a waste of it. 
they wasted it. And we are just allowing it to continue, which is pretty scary. That's what's scary. And that's, and that's what I was talking about, the insurance company, because when I'm laying there with my 104 fever, that's what I'm thinking. How much do we hate ourselves? I, I don't think we hate ourselves. I think we, that's why we're fighting for a different system, one that works. Why would, you know, even Republicans, they're supposed to be so fix, fiscally, whatever, conscious, when we know that it's just, that is just a lie, like everything else. But you think that they would want a system where you don't have to pay double and get less. But no, 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 not for, not for working men and women, though, you see. Not for working men and women. Because when Republicans never forget this, when they are cheering um, socialism, right? Not, I mean, that we will never be a socialist country. Remember Trump during the uh, whatever, the state of the shit show he, he gave that where he was um, saying we vow to never be a socialist country? Remember that all these filthy Republicans are on the greatest health care that we pay for. That's socialism. And they will be on it forever. Because they're Congress people. And that's it. That's this, what they wrote, wrote for themselves. Because they don't want to have to go fend for themselves. Like we have to. Like dogs. Out here. In the United States of serfs and lords. And then they got to tell you. Oh listen booby. You're a capitalist. Well they're glomming up all the socialism. For themselves. So when Trump is inflating his invoices and telling Uncle Sam that he, this is what he paid, and then he's going to the, Uncle Sam and saying, I, I want to raise the rent of my rent-controlled apartments based on these faulty, phony invoices that he made up and that he's getting a return on because he's a liar. He's grifting from the American treasury, from you and me. That's socialism. But it's, he's a dirty-handed little crook. And then he's going and, and asking Uncle Sam, who's, who, who's taking him at his word, that this, this look, look at all these invoices I have. To, I put all this money into this building, and I'm going to have to raise rent on, my, on these rent-controlled tenants. And then Uncle Sam approves it because he's a liar and a grifter. And that's what Trump does. See, this socialism for the rich... And then there's rugged individualism for us, as MLK said. So they love socialism. Don't, don't, uh, don't let it fool you. And this is why I also hope that Bernie becomes the nominee be and he gets to get up there in front of that orange-faced freak and sets the entire country straight because there is no shame. In uh, What else is a country but a, a but? It's, uh, uh, whatever. I mean, what was I going to say? Like, it's, e, what does e pluribus unum mean if we don't have uh, out of many one? What does that mean? That is socialism, right? That we do together what we cannot do by ourselves. I'm sorry, I don't go out there and do research on all kinds of diseases and cancer and, and make up my own freaking Tamiflu. That comes from, the, from people who went to school a lot of them went to school on the public dime. So th we invest in each other to, for the benefit of us all. Filthy Republicans.
But what? And I don't want to hear it, right? With these Republicans, oh, they no, we won't be socialists. They what, what, take away their socialism, take away the the socialism for the rich. And let me tell you, so this is another thing, Mitch McConnell. Uh, the other day, what was I saying? Uh, Mitch McConnell the other day or whatever. Now I'm getting a flashback. Maybe I talked about this last week, but I when I had a fever, where um, he was he. He thinks you're stupid. He basically said he thinks uh, that people who are complaining that they're not getting a, a refund now because Trump screwed them so he could funnel more money to the top into his own pockets and his pockets of his little precious little princess, that they'll, uh, that they're stupid. Why would they expect a refund, Right. I mean, of course, Mitch McConnell, this this old freak who never worked a day in his life for anybody but himself. That is the truth. He's never done anything for anybody but himself. All Republicans, show me something. Show me some good that these freaks ever do for anybody but themselves. But that's what he said, that yeah, people, so he thinks you're stupid. And then if, a couple of years ago during, I think, what did he say? That uh, why would he give money to, I mean, they were talking about ta- the tax breaks, maybe? I'm, I'm getting, uh, I'm trying to remember the exact context. But where he said um, that he wouldn't give money to regular people because they would just spend it on women and booze. This is that that freak actually said that. See, that's what they think of you. As they're telling you you're a capitalist, as they as they shake your hand and laugh behind your back at how stupid you are. As they shake your hand at at CPAC. Which oh my god, what a freak show. And and this is you know the other thing is that we're hearing all about socialism, socialism, right? It's so scary, socialism. Oh, the Democrats are going so far left. What's so far left about universal health care? About something that everybody has on Earth, but us? That's not far left. That's normal. Not having it is really uh, that's fascist, man. That's off the chart. But they never talk about the how CPAC and the Republicans are just. They have gone to, I mean, they've gone off the chain with their hate and anger and, f- and fear-mongering and race-baiting and, and racism and kicking down on the least among us and the shame of it all and kissing up to authoritarians, the worst brutal dictators. They never talk about how that, that how, I mean, maybe they do say a little, oh, it's how Trump has uh, done it again. But they never talk about how, how he's fascist, right? They talk about AOC and Bernie Sanders and the Democratic Party. And now that's the question they ask the Democrats running. Are you a socialist? Well, how about you have some spine and explain, oh, no, I'm a capitalist, which is really, it's really pissing me off when I'm hearing the Democratic candidates, I'm a capitalist, I'm a real capitalist. Oh, really? They're tripping over each other. I believe in free enterprise. 
Well, um, how about you explain that, okay, yeah, you believe in free enterprise, but without regulation, capitalism will chew you up and spit you out. It will sell your mommy, your daddy, your babies, your grandbabies. It'll split you up. It'll, it'll throw you off of a ship going across the transatlantic because you're just not profitable enough. That's what capitalism will do. So, and it has done. So we don't have to look very uh, far or look like, oh, any, we just got to look at our own history. Look at what's happening now. So we need unions. We need, and this is what the Democratic Party should stand for. They shouldn't be standing for capitalism. They should be standing for the working class. Because without regulation, capitalism, like I said, is merciless. And that's why Republicans co- go after unions and dismantle any power that the working class has. And they've really done it well. They've done a really good job at propagandizing people into believing that they don't want that socialism, that dirty, freaking, filthy socialism. But let me just read a little something that my good friend Michael Miller sent me. Who Michael Miller is the he's the moderator. He's a he's a man. I always call him the man, the meme, Michael Miller. And he's the moderator of the RDT RDT Daily Fans group, which you can join as well. It's a more intimate gathering of of us and you can post your own stuff and blah blah blah. So um but this is what socialism has brought to America. So this is from the Daily Coast. 75 ways socialism has improved America. And I'll just read some of it. I'm not going to read all 75, but, of course, military defense. And I was in the military, unlike all the, the Trumps going back for time immemorial. So there's no more socialist institution than the military. Three hots and a cot, uh, roof over your head, food. That's, uh, you, I mean, not just uniforms, but everything is paid for. There is, that's it. You're in it. You're e pluribus unum. There's nothing more e pluribus unum than being in the military. Highways, roads, public libraries, the police, the fire department, the postal service, student loans and grants. So, but, of course, well, Republicans would like us to go back to a time where only the rich can afford, uh, as, as Mitt Romney said, at one time, you should get as much education as you can afford. And that's, and so I have said it for years. And remember, it's the truth that Republicans are, they, they're, they're the, it's almost like they're still fighting the American Revolution as the British loyalists, where they want to drag us back to the system that the founders fought a revolution to escape. That's what they want. They, it's almost like they've been the uh, sleeper cells in the uh, British loyalist cells, just uh, infesting the country with their notion of intergenerational aristocracy, uh, concentrated wealth, the rich owning everything and running everything. 
it's that's uh you could go it's sort of this new neo feudalism where you go and serve your corporate lord and then that's when you get your benefits right you want health care go serve a lord and don't upset the lord because you'll be fired and then unless you have a lot of money you'll lose your benefits and until you find another lord to serve but if you want to go out on your own and innovate and all these things that Republicans always say that they love, they love freedom, they love innovation, they love that rugged individual, right? But they don't give you any, any safety net. They have set up an entire system that is designed to keep you trapped. So, um, bridges... Uh, along with our highways, our government used your taxpayer dollars to build bridges. Yeah. Garbage collection. Like having your garbage collected once a week instead of having to drive it to the landfill yourself? Thank socialism. Public landfills. I mean, all this is, it's the truth. This is, if you lived on the frontier, what would you expect to happen? You wanted food, you gotta go. You, if, you, if it's dirty and you eat and you get sick, oh well, you're dead. But when I go to the store or when we all go to the store or whatever, we expect the food to be inspected and you eat it and you, you're, not, you, you're not breaking out in some kind of uh, diarrhea because you got some kind, kind of vermin because there's a standard. That's socialism. Well, it says war. That's right. War cannot be possible without socialism. Your tax dollars are used to fight wars for your country. Farm subsidies, as we know, the CIA, the FBI, congressional health care, as I was just talking about. It says, Republicans in Congress warn us of the evils of government-run health care. Most of them are covered by taxpayer-funded government-run health care. You literally pay for their health care. Well, they tell you that paying for your neighbor's health care through a public option or single-payer system is socialism. That's correct. It is socialism. They're just not telling you that they like their socialist health care. They just don't like, they just don't think you should have it. That's really the, that's the secret here. The polio vaccine, as we, I mean, yes. And that's a famous instance where the, we eradicated polio in this country. And um, nobody got rich off of it. The, uh, they they distributed the vaccine, and I remember seeing an interview with Dr. Jonas Salk, who invented the cure, and he, they they asked him, why didn't you patent this and make make a fortune? And he said, this belongs to the human race. How can you patent the sun? What what? Think about that. When now think about. I mean, I'm not just saying about me. I mean, this is just my late, latest, what just happened to me. Then you get this filthy sh- insurance company. What if I didn't have $100? A lot of people don't have $100 laying around. Extra. Oh, well. Go die. <clears throat> the EPA. Well, Republicans have got their claws in that. Because they want you to, because they love America so much. They love America the Beautiful. They love singing teary-eyed renditions of America the Beautiful so much. But they want to turn America the Beautiful into a toilet for the corporate 
poisonous waste. Right? I mean, that's, one of, that's what the first thing that Twitler did when he squatted in the White House. And he stained it with his stench and his orange narcissism. He undid Obama's, an Obama-era rule that companies couldn't dump their filthy coal ash into our streams. You know, you would think if you love something, like they say they love America so much, you wouldn't want to use it like a toilet. You know, like, I love my apartment. I love, uh, you know, I don't, I don't uh, trash it. I don't put, I don't dump poison all over the place. But that's Republicans for you. They love, they got a weird sense of love. And, of course, Social Security, we know that. You pay a tax to help ensure that our grandparents, and that's how it's set up. See, Republicans are trying to make it like, oh, it's a Ponzi scheme, and we're running out of money. The only way we'll ever run out of money, too, on top of with, with Social Security, which should be expanded, and hopefully with the President Bernie Sanders it will be, but is that if all of a sudden our population dies out, the reason they started to uh, – it was under Reagan. They, they created this lockbox trust fund or whatever that everybody made fun of um, – what's his name? Um, Gore for, for talking about a lockbox. They did that because to, – to cover the baby boomers. It was always supposed to expire as far as I know. I mean maybe I'm misinformed or something about that. But I – we it was always set up so the working generation pays for the 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 uh, you know the re, the retirement of their seniors and on and on and on so what else public schools of course jails and prisons that's another story corporate business subsidies well that don't ever touch them Oh, whoopee, whoopee. Don't touch those. The, you know, one of the things actually that Trump did with the tax breaks was he, he brought back the, like the three martini lunch or something. So now we have to pay for these, um, these corporate giants to drink and, you know, glad hand each other while they figure out ways to deny others, human beings, health care and whatnot. And how to screw them. Um, but this is, that's all you need to know, really, about Trump and the, and the Republican Party and the tax breaks or whatever. That the fact that they, whatever breaks, which we didn't even get uh, as, it's, as the chickens are coming home to roost and people are, are, are becoming aware that, they're, that they're, they've been screwed that but that they expire the tax breaks the quote unquote breaks for the working class expire in 10 years and they're permanent for rich people um and the fact that we didn't get out the pitchforks and torches right then and there says it all of, of how complicit and compliant and how cowed we are really does. And that's why they keep us divided. They like it. They need us divided. They need us fighting amongst each other about Muslims and, and caravans and, and little brown babies or whatever. 
and babies in general, or ripping babies from, I mean, all the lies that come from their mouths. They need the morons incited and, and, and frothing about bullshit so they could steal. Of course, VA healthcare, public parks, all elected government officials, from the Supreme Court to the President of the United States, and all the way down to the county dog catcher, taxpayers pay the salary and provide the funding for them to do their job. <laughs> Food stamps, sewer system, right? I mean, what would, what remember? I mean, I wasn't alive, but if you look, read history, you know about history, uh, what life was like without a sewer system. Medicare, the court system, blue, bird flu vaccine, GI Bill, Hoover Dam, state, city zoos, which I'm against, uh, just as animal rights person, IRS, free lunch program, the Pentagon, Medicaid, FDA, health care for 9-11 rescue workers, which is another story. I mean, uh, this is the other thing. How much do the... The, the, these people need to really be beaten by these Republican filthy fascist bastards to get it, to finally get it. Now, I wonder how many, when I was watching, so, okay, let's just frame this up. The, I don't know if you saw recently that John Stewart was back on TV with the 9-11 first responders going to Congress to beg for funding because they the funding for the their their health fund. The first of all, if we had universal health care, they wouldn't have to goddamn beg. So there's another level of stress on top of the first responders that that responded to the attack on this country that Republicans they love to reference when they're sending other working stiffs to die, but they won't lift a finger to help these people who are living with the aftermath of the diseases that came from these filthy fascist Republicans telling them that it's safe. Go down there and work because don't worry about it. We tested the air and it's all safe and it wasn't safe. That's a crime. And they, so many have lost their lives on top of it. Now it's going to pass, surpass those who actually lost their lives on that day. Uh, we're going to lose uh, the first responders, the, the amount of people who are dying from the diseases from 9-11 are just about to surpass the, uh, the actual uh, people who died on that day. And that, that they have to go back there. How many years? Year after year, five years now, and every it expires. They can't just let it be and let it let it pay for these people. The, I mean, what? How do they sleep at night? It's all Republicans. Do not be mistaken. It is every, every single Republican who is standing in the way of doing the decent thing. They are not decent. How do they justify it? They'll give enough money for Twitler and his stinking wall, though, right? This made-up emergency, but they won't do a goddamn thing for people who risked their health to, to be the personification of e pluribus unum. 
to try to save, so maybe there's some survivors to help people. Not that, that Republicans would know a goddamn thing about that. And, but you know that there's among the sick, this is what kills me, are many Republicans, I'm sure, who, who consider themselves Republican, working, and, and this is the other thing I keep hearing, it's not about Democrat or Republican, it's not about Democrat, yes it goddamn is, why won't it be about Democrat or Republicans, who is blocking your bill, it ain't the Democrats, so it's not about Democrats, because they have to kiss Republican ass, you, gotta, you can't offend these snowflakes, you see, because they'll start crying, when they're caught in the act of being themselves, when they're called out. And we'll play that clip from the hearing after the break. But another white man crying, caught in the act of being himself. But I don't want to hear this bullshit. It's not about Democrat or Republican. You're goddamn right. Well, then who shall we support? Don't we want to be informed and support the people that support our lives? Why, are you, why would anybody vote Republican then? Yeah, you should say it's about these filthy fascist Republicans. They are standing in the way of health care for the 9-11 first responders yet again. For Christ's sakes. Oh, God. So many things. And then I saw, I don't know if you saw this. I know we got, we're coming up with our break here. On a little breaky poo. Speaking of socialism, uh, this is a, this is from a few years ago, and I, I just came across this article about Trump. Trump took 17 million in insurance for damage that few remember. So it ends up. So you talk about socialism. This is what Trump is. He's a con man. So he likes socialism. He likes to get a little piece of that socialism. And he, he'll get it any way he can. He'll grift, you know. You talk about a welfare queen. We got a whole welfare royal Twitler family here. The, in, so it says Donald Trump said, this is from the AP in 2016. Donald Trump said he received a $17 million insurance payment in 2005 for hurricane damage to Mar-a-Lago. That piece of shit, gilded nightmare. Well, that, I mean, I added that. His private club in Palm Beach. But the Associated Press found little, little evidence of such large-scale damage. Two years after a series of storms, the real estate tycoon said he didn't know how much had been spent on repairs, but acknowledged he pocketed some of the money. Trump transferred funds into his personal account, saying that under the terms of his policy, you didn't have to reinvest it because he's a, he's a grifter. In a deposition in unrelated in a in a deposition in an unrelated civil lawsuit, Trump said he got the cash from a very good insurance policy, and cited ongoing work to his to the historic home. What's so historic? Blow that crap up. I mean, in a demolition fashion, not so anybody gets hurt after everybody leaves. You know what I mean? Shut it down. That's what I mean. Landscaping, roofing, walls, painting, leaks, artwork in the, you know, the great tapestries, tiles, Spanish tiles, the beach, the erosion, he said of the storm damage. It's still not what it was. Trump's description of extensive damage does not match those of Mar-a-Lago members and even Trump loyalists. In an interview about the estate's history, 
Trump's longtime former butler, Anthony Senecal, recalled no catastrophic damage. He said Hurricane Wilma, the last of the string of storms that barreled through in 2004 and 2005, flattened trees behind Mar-a-Lago. But the house itself had only lost some roof tiles. And he got 17 effing million dollars for it. So that's what he is. He's a grifter. And he's happy to suck on the government teat. Yet he doesn't have the courtesy, the manners, the maturity, the dignity to say thank you. Instead, he'll try to prevent anybody from having a legi- who has a legitimate claim from enjoying any bit, a modicum of serenity that might come from the fact that they're getting a goddamn medical treatment without getting hassled by an insurance company or whatever. They, they, these people are unconscionable. And that's why I do the show. And that's why I do RDT Daily. And I hope that I don't die, that I don't live, I don't get another goddamn Freddy Krueger flu. And I live to see the day that we have universal health care, that, de- that we deserve it. We know that we deserve it, that we m- make it happen, that we say enough is enough. We're not going to be treated like this. Because we hold the power, for Christ's sakes. Not them. So, okay, guys, I'm going to take a little breaksy-poopsies. <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. I'm channeling the immaturity of the Republican Party. So, I just said Drake, I just said it like that. I mean, what are you going to do? Um, and so we're going to have Green News report. You know, you know the drill. And... Um, labor history, and also, so hopefully soon we'll have Poppy will be back. She's on tour. Poppy Champlin, who is one of our regulars, she's on tour. We'll have some other guests uh, coming along one of these days, but I was just too sick this week to really start looking for a guest, and I I was out of it. Uh, I really spent most of this week laying in my bed trying to get better. So, all right, um... My name is Tara Devil, and I'll see you on the, on the other side in about eight minutes. Now, the top of the hour on the Progressive Voices channel on TuneIn presents the Green News Report. A climate change skeptic will lead a White House panel to examine climate change. Trump White House to investigate U.S. military's assessment that global warming is a national security threat. The excess that it didn't use always flowed into Pakistan freely. India says that's not going to happen anymore. India curtailing water to Pakistan. Iceberg twice the size of Manhattan set to break off of Antarctica. Plus, this is children finding their voice. This is children engaging with global issues. Kids around the world protesting and striking for action on climate change. All of that action and more straight ahead. From Bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. Only the Trump administration would find a guy who is pro-carbon dioxide to lead a climate change panel. Like, who else is on this panel? A a farting cow and an actual oil (laughs) spill? They may know more about the topic. This is your Green News Report. Get the f*** out of here! 
out of here, man. Okay, Desi Doyen, iceberg straight ahead. <laughs> yes, indeed. NASA scientists just warned this week that another new massive iceberg, twice the size of New York City, is on the verge of cleaving off of Antarctica, which they say could further destabilize the Brunt ice shelf. Great. Meanwhile, the Washington Post reports that the Trump administration plans to create a special White House committee with a mandate to reassess and scrutinize the science underlining the U.S. military declaration that climate change is a national security threat that affects U.S. national security interests abroad and at home. Emphasis on special White House committee. Special is one way to put it. Notorious climate science denier Dr. William Happer, who has no climate science credentials, will head the panel. Here's Happer in 2014 bizarrely trying to defend carbon dioxide emissions. The demonization of carbon dioxide is just like the demonization of the poor Jews under Hitler. Carbon dioxide is a, actually a benefit to the world, and so were the Jews. Oh, my God. He also had this to say about carbon dioxide. Well, it's just a, a complete distortion of the truth to call it a pollutant. It's not a pollutant at all. So he's going to lead Donald Trump's commission on climate change. Yes, he is. You know what, Dr. Happer, since carbon dioxide is such a benefit to man, why don't we shut him into a chamber with nothing more than carbon dioxide and, and see if he believes it's a pollutant then? Well, Happer either doesn't know or doesn't care that recent studies have shown that too much carbon dioxide actually stunts the growth of plants that we eat and makes them less nutritious. Doesn't care. The White House's latest move to undermine the conclusions of the U.S. military came one day after security analysts at the Klingendel Institute, a Dutch think tank, published a new report finding climate change is increasingly a driver behind growing insecurity and violence around the world. The report says climate change intensified extreme weather events are exacerbating existing tensions in already volatile regions with more destructive storms, heat waves and drought that are, for example, worsening water shortages in the Middle East. Speaking of water shortages, India announced late last week that it will stop sharing excess water that it doesn't utilize with its regional rival Pakistan in the disputed border territory region of Kashmir, an already parched area facing increasing drought. The announcement came just days after a Kashmir separatist group launched a deadly attack on an Indian security detail. India also announced it is constructing a new dam on a crucial river in Kashmir that will also further curtail Pakistan water supplies. Let the water wars continue. Well, both nations possess nuclear weapons. Oh, fun. Finally, U.S. kids are pressuring their legislators to act on climate change, but in Europe... Over the last month, kids across Europe have been skipping school and marching to pressure their governments to act more swiftly on climate change, inspired by the school strike of Swedish teen climate activist Greta Thunberg. March 15th is set to be a global day of kids' climate marches around the world. On Australia's Sky News, State Education Minister Rob Stokes was unclear on the concept of protest. Kids should be at school. It's very, very straightforward. And there's a March 15th is a 
Friday. Uh, by all means, if you want to go and protest about whatever it is, uh, you've got the weekend to do it. Well, they wouldn't really notice them if they went in on a Saturday or a Sunday, would they? The reason they're noticing them is because they're striking from school and showing up to these protests. And we're beginning to see this here in Washington, D.C., with uh, kids showing up in senators' office, begging them to sign the Green New Deal. I'm happy to see that. Yep, and UK teen Zoe Bennett agrees with you. It's incredibly important for our generation to be heard about climate change, because it's our future. It certainly is. Keep up the good work, Zoe. For much more on all of these stories and the ones we couldn't get to today, please check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Find us, follow us, and share us planet-wide on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. And this has been your Green News Report. Please help progressive voices support the Green News Report by stopping by bradblog.com slash donate. I'm Rick Smith, and this is Labor History in Two. On this day in labor history, the year was 1942. That was the day that Sue Cowan Williams filed a lawsuit for equal pay for black teachers in Little Rock, Arkansas. 86 black teachers worked in the city's segregated school system. They were all members of the Little Rock Classroom Teachers Association. In 1941, the teachers formed a salary adjustment committee to look into pay discrimination. What they found there was a wide gap between black and white salaries. The average white elementary school teacher made $526 a year, while the black teacher earned only $321. White high school teachers brought home $856 a year, while black teachers only made $567. Backed with this research, the committee presented a petition to the school board demanding an end to pay discrimination. The board tabled the petition, and that summer passed another round of unequal pay raises. The teachers then approached the NAACP and asked them to handle their case. Thurgood Marshall agreed to take up the lawsuit. Marshall would go on to become the first black U.S. Supreme Court justice. Sue Cowan Williams, the head of the English department at Dunbar High School, was selected as the plaintiff for the case. The teachers lost their lawsuit and then won on appeal, but Williams paid a price for her involvement. The next school year, the school district did not renew her contract. She was finally rehired to teach at Dunbar a decade later. But first, the school superintendent called Williams to ask her if she had, quote, learned her lesson. It was a lesson that many workers have learned, that there is often a high personal cost for standing up for justice on the job. Like what you hear? Check out more at laborhistoryin2.com. All right, guys, welcome back. Thanks for sticking in or sticking it out. <laughs> I hate that when I say that. Thanks for sticking it in. Oh, my God. That's what she said. <laughs> anyway, um, so we meet here every Saturday evening from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels. We broadcast on Progressive Voices starting 6 p.m. Eastern anytime on the Progressive Voices app. GDPR Revolution 99, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Twitch, 
uh, I think, yeah, a lot of places. Uh, you could just Google. We join us on Facebook. We have a lot of followers, 150,000 really active participants. We also have a fans page. I would like you guys, if you can, if those who have the means can join us um, on, as a patron, that would also help not just support this show, but support the writers, the very few writers at RDT Daily, so we can actually get more writers and pay the writers that we have. Um, uh, because we are an independent, basically, uh, uh, viewer, listener-sponsored, progressive, I don't know, media outlet? We're not even, I mean, we're very tiny, so it's just us, just us, passionate progressives. So join us, and I would like to thank Michael B., Lisa M., Joey Bay, I mean, see, I did. <laughs> that's not a, that's not an initial, Joey B., <laughs> Uh, Michael D, Daniel S, Sam S, Michael L D, Gail P, Jim A, and Randall S B for being a patron of Tarabuster and RGT Daily. And please, uh, anybody who would like one, send me your in the patron thing. You could send me your address, and I'll send you the 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 window cling as a thank you gift and also we'll have some in the future uh patron only events so i think i don't know it's just i'm waiting for a bit more of patrons frankly so i end up not having like a pay a party and nobody comes and then i get all upset we also have a merchandise page. So we have some really cool merchandise. That's another thing. If you need some shirts and gifts and whatnot that you, the, that for your progressive friends and yourself, go to RDT Daily and go to the merch page. We have an Etsy store and a Shopify store. I'm actually wearing one of the shirts. See? It says Resist, and it has Francis Jr. Jr., who is our mascot, and is also my cat. So, um, all right, guys, that's cool. Thanks for your support. That's all I can say. We're, we stick together, we win. I say that that's because this is the only way we're getting through this in life in general. So, and in the country. We don't do it alone. Nobody's done it alone. That's why the whole entire Republican agenda, the entire Republican ideology is based in fallacy. Because there has never been a rugged individual in the history of, hum of the human race. We all stand on each other's shoulders. Nobody has gotten by on their own steam alone. We need each other. That's the, that is how we were created. To be interdependent. And if you're a rugged individual, and this is what I, I, I always say as a metaphor... If uh, you got a rugged individual in your body, a cell, that's called cancer. So when, when you have a one or a group, a small handful of ind rugged individuals that are sucking up all of the resources for themselves and leaving the rest of the, the body without or in, uh, in a state of, of want then that's a very sick body. So 
we cannot have a, a, a country that where they, 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 they praise the economy all the time. Oh, the economy, the unemployment is slow, and uh, the economy is, is great. But the majority of Americans can't handle a $400 emergency. That's not a great economy. Why would they say that's a great economy? Because they, they, they're conditioning you. It's a great economy. It's a great economy. I guess I got to work harder. I got to drive an Uber. I got to, who needs to sleep? Who needs to go on a vacation? Who needs a, a vacation in heaven? When I get my mansion and I can live next to Janis Joplin or something. I don't know. They wouldn't live next to Janis Joplin. But that's how that's it's it's a trap and a lie. And a lot of Americans are convinced. They think that if you're not rich, I mean, they really have this kind of admiration. The, the, the funny thing I saw recently was Bernie. When they said to him, I wish I grabbed the clip now that I said it, um, how Howard Schultz said he he might run as a Democrat. And Bernie was like, oh, isn't that great? <laughs> like he mocking, you know, and uh, mocking the re- the reporter saying, why are you even asking me about Howard Schultz? Because he's a billionaire. And that's the truth. Who cares about it? That's what was so irritating about Howard Schultz. Go away, Howard Schultz. Who cares? You figured out a way to make people pay $4 for a cup of coffee? And now you want to be president? And you're not a, Oh, you want to be called a person of means? You're so put upon. Another whiny white man. Oh, speaking of, that's a good segue. Because... Um, during the hearing, this is, uh, and I'm sure everybody has, uh, people have seen this, and we've, uh, but we haven't talked about it, but this has happened where, the, and I'm just, I just want to talk about this one particular angle. Um, well, maybe not, I don't know. Where, um, where, what's his face? Mark Meadows brought this is during Cohen the Cohen hearing. Mark Meadows, Republican, duh, of course, brought this Lynn Patton, a a person who works for Trump, a person of color, one of the one <laughs> the one, right? Um as a prop. And that's what she did. I, and I I mean that's what he did. So I'll I'll just play this clip in case you haven't seen it, but you probably have, but here it is. Do you know Lynn Patton? Yes I do. Uh, I asked Lynn to come today in her personal capacity uh, to actually shed some light. How long have you known Ms. Patton? I'm responsible for Lynn Patton joining the Trump Organization and the job that she currently holds. Well, that's, I'm glad you acknowledge that because you made some very um, demeaning comments about the, the president that Ms. Patton doesn't agree with. In fact, it has to do with your claim of racism. She says that as a daughter of a man born in Birmingham, Alabama, that there is no way that she would work for, for an individual who was racist. How do you reconcile the two of those, Mr. As neither should I as the son of a Holocaust survivor. So then Lynn, this, this became a, uh, an issue at the, at the, at the hearing where 
Mark Meadows was, he was crying, basically. I mean, I didn't capture the whole thing because it went on. Because they, the, um, you know, Elijah Cummings was, who was the chairman of the, of the hearing, was interjecting. And Mark Meadows was so upset. He was so incensed that... Uh, what happened? Well, I mean, maybe I'm not explaining it properly, but it, uh, what's his what's her name? Lynn Pan. I'm just trying to get her. Uh, Rashida Talib, who is one of the new uh, Democrats on the in in the House, mentioned how offended she was that 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 Mark Meadows had brought this woman up as a prop, and that's what she was. I mean, you have of uh, this woman just standing there with she's not even speaking and that's mark meadows proof that trump can't be a racist but you can be a racist this is the, it is the old the old trope that i have black friends what have you done and then of course people went through mark meadows history and and then there's many instances like this one of him let's just say uh being a racist. Well, it's good to be here with you today. I thank you so much for allowing me just a few minutes to talk with you and share a few things. But, you know, it's, it's interesting when the more we find out, the more we realize how wrong the direction we're going. And so what we're going to do is take back our country. 2012 is the time that we're going to send Mr. Obama home to Kenya or wherever it is. We're going to do it. And that is one of the, uh, along with using that old trope of I got some black friends um, or I have black people in my family. Well, well, that doesn't make you not a racist because there is another part of racism where these, they compartmentalize. Oh, you're one of the good ones. And so Mark Meadows, of course, because he's an ignorant Republican, and during Obama's presidency, of course, he would use the another old racist trope of go back to where you came from. That's another one that these racists go back to Africa. How, 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 how much have you heard that from these filthy racists? Go back to where you came from. They're not American. That whole birther thing that Trump, well, you know, well, Trump's not a racist, but he's the inventor of the, or the, he's the standard bearer, not only of the Republican Party, but of the birther movement, which is a racist movement that says, of course, the black president can't be from this country. He's not American. He's not one of us. Forget e pluribus unum. Our, our e pluribus unum is all white. They can only handle democracy if it, consists of straight white men or straight acting white men okay we'll leave it at that but so um so uh rashida talib i'm sorry i can't talk i can't pronounce things you know what i mean i'm just a stupid american so um was offended and she wasn't the only one there was another uh, democratic representative but I can't remember her name, but who mentioned that you, who asked Cohen just by way of, because you had some time, she said, just, just, um, 
So I can just to be clear, if you have a black friend, that that doesn't mean you're not a racist. It, and uh, you know, of course, Cohen was like, of course, right? She just wanted to get that on the record. But 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 poor little snowflake Mark Meadows began to tear up. He was saying, "Oh, I have black people in my family, and not a lot of people don't know that. Why wouldn't a lot of people know that? Are you ashamed of them or something?" Are you hiding them? I don't know. Are they, I mean, maybe you leave them at home when you go to your uh, Make America Great Again rallies? Or, and not, and, and how he was, you know, really good friends with Elijah Cummings, which, okay, whatever. But, uh, and then the fact that, that uh, Representative Talib had to retract why should he? She should, well, I mean, this is what was pissing me off. Was that? Aren't you tired? I mean, maybe, maybe I'm just assuming that people are as tired as I am of whiny, crying white men who are caught in the act of being themselves. And what do they do? They cry instead of looking at themselves. Instead of saying, "Shit, I, I'm a, that's that's messed up." That is messed up. What? Why did I do that? I got to really check myself. Have a real conversation with myself. Why would I bring a black woman as a prop when you have multiple women of color? Not just this woman who pays, who who's Trump pays her salary. Clearly, she's a loyalist. And and not to mention, she had to sign, as we know, the uh, non-disclosure agreements to work for this this grifter. So. Um, of course, he cries just like just like Kavanaugh cried. These Republicans are always crying when they're caught being themselves. Oh, I'm so I, I, I'm offended that she's calling me a racist. Now you didn't call her her him a racist, did you? Let's get this clear. No, I'm not calling. I'm saying that that it that is but in itself a racist act. Why should she apologize? He needs to look at himself. But whatever, they have uh, rules, but um, they don't have any rules about bringing in a, a human being as a prop, uh, apparently. And, so, I mean, just the, I'm just tired. It's like, it reminded me of Kavanaugh, too. So when you're caught, what do you do? You bang, you, you bang the table, you cry. But and we all have to we all have to adjust ourselves because a white man is crying. Not that the white man who made this stupid, stupid move, um, that he has to adjust himself. Don't ever let him adjust himself. He's he's upset. He can't adjust himself. That's what that's what everything is about. You see, he's too immature to adjust himself to allow. Others a seat at the table when 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 brown people say I want a seat at the table. What women? I want a seat at the table. Gays, transgender people who are different than them say I I also want a seat at the table. Oh well, white men consider that an assault on themselves because why? Instead of just moving over and making room, they they got to get upset. They're crying. So. Lynn Patton uh, reacted to being called a prop, but here's actually this is a clip from the from the news, and it includes uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, I can't keep getting her name wrong. Rahi- Rashida Talib. 
It includes her response, so. Just to make a note, Mr. Chairman, just because someone has a person of color, a black person working for them, does not mean they aren't racist. And it is insensitive that some would even say it's the fact that someone would actually use a prop, a black woman, in this chamber, in this committee, is alone racist in itself. Are you, are you a prop? Are you a token? <laughs> you know, what I'd like to ask the <coughs> Congresswoman from Michigan is, you know, why does she take the word of a self-confessed perjurer and criminally convicted white man over a black female who's highly educated, rose up through the ranks of one of the most competitive companies in real estate. Um, you spoke before 25 million people at the Republican National Convention and now works in one of the most uh, historic administrations in history. And so to me, that would be my question. That's more racist um, than being put up there as a quote unquote prop. Um, so now let's i just want to point out that she said that's more racist now not only did she not answer the question of she because she was a prop and maybe she's embarrassed about that i don't know maybe maybe she realized it i don't know maybe she didn't and you got to have some kind of a your head in the sand if you're working for trump so um but she didn't even answer the question why don't why do uh why is are you believing a convicted liar well trump has also lied in fact i don't know why other other people haven't bring this up we know that he's lied and the the uh for forever but the washington post is keeping a track of all his lies during his presidency but on top of it he's also been convicted of lying in fact so much that he has had to pay restitution to those that he has scammed in his fake university for for one thing so he's also a liar a convicted liar he may not be going to jail for it yet but he he will be give it time sister so the um so her for her to to uh say that um you know she's not even she's not even uh i mean she's just touting the party line again of well um he's a liar that's all they have to say but but trump has a long history of racism and documented so this is from vox 1973 i mean from the u.s department of justice under the nixon administration out of all administrations sued the trump management corporation for violating the fair housing act federal officials found evidence that trump had refused to rent to black tenants and lied to black applicants about whether apartments were available among other accusations okay i mean this that's a documented instance of him being a racist because he don't want he don't want black people sullying the gilded uh crap of of trump tower i mean they 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 uh they might make it better right Kip, uh, so 1980s, Kip Brown, a former employee at Trump Castle, accused another one of Trump's business of, of discrimination. When Donald and Ivanka came to the casino, the bosses would order all the black people off the floor, Brown said. It was the 80s. It was, I was a teenager, but I remember it. They put us all in the back. Because, right? Of course he did that. Because he, that's him. He finds black inferior. Just like everything Cohen said that uh, what countries are run by black people that are successful and 
the thing uh, during Bar- uh, Barack Obama's presidency. This is what he's saying. Of course. And we know, just living in New York, the things that he said and done, taking out an ad against teenagers who were accused of a crime, and then they're exonerated, taking out an ad, calling for their death, and then they're exonerated, and then what is Trump is confronted about it. What is, instead of apologizing, uh, he says, well, they must, have be, they must be guilty of something. So kill him. Just kill him. That, and that's the attitude of these white racists that pull – we see it all the time. They pull black people over. It's like everything, like with, with Trayvon Martin walking around buying a, a box of Skittles or whatever he bought. Uh, that's all it takes. He must have done something. In 1988, in a, com- in a commencement speech at Lehigh University, Trump spent much of, much of the speech accusing countries like Japan of stripping the United States of economic dignity. This matches much of his current rhetoric on China. In 1989, a controversial case that, that be- that's been categorized as, modern, as a modern-day lynching, four black, well, this is what I was just saying, four black teenagers and one Latino, uh, the Central Park Five were accused of attacking and raping a jogger in New York City. Trump immediately took charge in the case, running an ad in local papers demanding, bring back the death penalty, bring back our police. The teens' convictions were later vacated after they spent 7 to 13 years in prison and paid, and the city paid $41 million in a settlement to the teens. But, the, but Trump, in October 2016, said he still believes they're guilty, despite DNA evidence to the contrary. Um, in 1991, a book by John O'Donnell, the former president of Trump Plaza Hotel and Casino in Atlantic City, quoted Trump's criticism of a black accountant. Black guys counting my money? I hate it. The only kind of people I want counting my money are short guys that wear yarmulkes all day. I mean, is this the most vile? I don't even want to say pig. As And I've said this before. I like pigs. That's why... To call Trump a pig is to honor him because pigs are intelligent. They're charming. They they contribute to society. Let's see. It is not anything they can... Let's see. I think that the guy is lazy, and it's probably not his fault because laziness is a trait in blacks. This is a quote from Trump. It really is. I believe that. It doesn't mean that it's real, but he believes that because his father was a, K- a member of the freaking KKK. And not that he has any self-awareness or autonomy or any kind of anything to be. If, you're, if my father was a member of the KKK, I wouldn't be sitting here spewing racism. I'd be like, my father's a dick. You know, have some, have, have some dignity. Rebel against your parents. Rebel against your racist ass parents, if that's the case. Not them, not Trumps, not the Trumps. Even Eve, oh, I can't stand Ivanka. We'll get to her in a minute. It's not anything that they can control. This is what he said. So he, this is what he believes. Trump at first denied the remarks, but later said in a 1997 Playboy interview that the stuff O'Donnell wrote about me is probably true. Well, he's a liar. So there's so many things, so many lies this week. On top of lies, he went to kiss Kim Jong Un's ass, like whatever he needs. Like so, he needs to kiss a tin pot dictator's ass uh, to to denigrate democracy even further, to disgrace us even more. 
It's not bad enough. He's got to go kiss some dictator's ass. And not only a dictator, like the worst of the worst. The, 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 most, the most unsuccessful dictator, too. His country's in shambles. He's, he runs gulags. They can't have electricity. People are starving. They're, they're like a foot shorter than they should be because they're, they're malnourished. And this idiot's going and falling in love, writing love letters to him. And, of course, he defends the dictator who killed an American citizen. So now he defended uh, the Saudi dictator for killing a, a, an American resident. And Trump's whole thing was that we were getting a lot of money. You see, greed, greed. You see, there's nothing but money. That There's no dignity left in America. Like I was saying, greed is the only value we, we, we worship. You know, it's like, eat the money, eat it. You know, I wish... It's like, it reminds me of, I'm a, I love history, as people know, one of the things that, one of the richest men in Rome, Crassus, Crass, Crass, I see, I can't talk, as I know, Crassus, Crassus, yeah, I, I'm saying it, I hear it, I read it a lot, I never hardly say it, but he was the richest man in Rome, he got rich by being kind of a grifter, like Trump, he would, uh, he pulled, so, actually in real estate, too, he uh, there were a lot of fires in Rome. He had a fire department, and he would go when there were fires and probably set some of them himself and would uh, buy these the, the property out from under the, the owner as the, as the buildings were burning, and then his fire department would put the fire out, and then he would sell the real estate. So, I mean, that's what Trump did. That's how he became the richest man in Rome. But he ended up dying and he tried uh, because one of the parts of being a Roman, you had to get lots and lots of dignitas, right? Sort of like Trump. He wants to be the center of attention all the time. And he went to Persia and tried to have a war for his, uh, for his own glory. And they, uh, poured gold down his throat. Uh, they captured him. You know, it was a disaster. The, the, the war was a disaster, and they captured him. And they gave him um, what he loved the most was gold. So uh, something like that, I, I imagine, would be a fitting end to the Trump regime. I don't know, but I, I mean, figuratively speaking. Figuratively speaking. We, won't, we don't do things like that anymore. But it would, it would be pretty much karmic justice but i i'm only talking figuratively not real we wouldn't do that for real so but that's oh that's the only value that's what he likes he wants he that's what he wants he has it all over the place gold here gold there gold up on his toilet gold i mean it's it's just it's just pathetic I don't know if you there was a picture of him and Melania laying on a piano. It's it's a joke. He thinks that's classy. Like think about that because nobody came in and said, "Oh, look at this. The Melania is hanging out on a piano." Snap. It ain't no candid picture. That's they set that up. And there were probably a lot of other pictures that didn't make the grade and Trump had to review the pictures and he chose that picture. To, for public consumption, he thinks he thought that picture was pretty good, pretty cool, but he looks stupid. He looks foolish, and in one and one day, in the very near future, 
he will it, it will be reviled. This is what I say. And this is what um, Cohen said during the hearing, too. He said one. I mean, I can't remember exactly how he put it, but he said one. It will basically his loyalty destroyed him. His loyalty to a con man, grifter, racist, uh, you know, con man is what was his downfall. And if and he warned the Republicans that it would be their downfall, too. And it's going to be everybody's downfall. All of these these Trump bansies. All of them. It is their. It's already their downfall. There are if they are if they're not somebody who is in in a higher tax bracket, they're feeling the pinch already. Many of these Trump bansies are feeling the pinch. But what will it take to wake them up? I don't know. We have to keep evolving without them. This is another thing. We always have to check in, see how they're doing. How, are they still with him? How do they feel? Well, who cares? They, they, they may be squatting in the White House. They, they got their orange authoritarian master squatting in the White House despite receiving fewer votes. But we, we got more votes. Okay, She got more votes. Hillary, as flawed as she was. She received more votes. And we are the majority. We just got to not be stupid this time. And I know that Bernie Bernie would have won. Whatever. That's the way I feel. And I believe that because I we know that many, many, as I said earlier, Trump supporters who voted for Trump would have voted for Bernie. And, and that was it. But... Um, yeah, so Trump gave a very, uh, there's many things that I only see, I have like 20 minutes left, so we, we're coming to the end. CPAC today, uh, that's the other thing. When I was watching, I couldn't watch the whole thing. I, there's so, it, it was a rambling two, this is Trump's longest speech. It's not even a speech. What is this speech? He's a, he's a rambling old co- codger. He's a coot. He's a he's like a right wing f- freak at the bar at the end of the bar. Who happened? It's like it's like Howard Schultz. They care because what? He's the so called president. And he has a lot of money. What? He only because he's a grifter. Maybe he's got more money now. I can't wait to see his tax returns. Well, one of the things he did was he hugged the flag again. And he went on. But of course, these these morons chanted "lock her up, lock her up." It never stops. Um, he, uh, he also cursed. He said it was, you know, the Mueller probe was bullshit. He was talking, he's whining about how, uh, nobody liked when he fired Comey, but he, everybody didn't like Comey. And he was telling to the Melania, supposedly he made, he made up the story about how he was like, Melania, I'm going to do something great today because this guy, he's a really bad, bad guy. He's bad. Like, like that conversation ever happened. Bullshit. I say bullshit to that. Oh, he's a real bad... Like, Trump cares. The better, the better. As long as you're on his side. As long as you're loyal to him. Hugging the flag. That's what I'm saying. It's like they are... They use the flag like a prostitute puts on high heels to attract the dupes. 
into some kind of patriotic porn, some bullshit. It's a it's a trick, just like a trick. And uh, what else did he do? And and uh, thankfully, um, the MSNBC. Thankfully, I'm sure I'm sure Fox played the whole thing. I don't know why. It's it's not exactly a, a stirring moments of of courage. But the uh, at least MSNBC played Bernie, and then they played some of the Trump's clips. It was unbelievable what was happening. It was like, this is real. This is really going on. We actually have a so-called president that is this off the chain. You know he and he was sweating and he was he was bloated, and he was nervous. He knew that they're coming for him. And thank God. Because, you know what it is? Well, I guess when he's a two-bit joke here in New York, running his scams and his, uh, his socialist, trying to, trying to grab as much socialism as he can, then he can get away with some things because nobody's really looking as much. And they, the IRS is taxed, is tasked, the word, uh, with going after... The sm- small guy more than the big big guy, right? So he gets away with a lot. He's got a, he's got clever accountants and he's got he's got fixers. Who needs fixers? This is what I'm saying. You need a fixer to pay your porn stars, right? I mean that poor porn star. Jesus, having to have that thing, ugh. Climb on top of her, oof, oofa. Talk about going to your happy place. But, I mean, this, the, the, why were, why, why, this is what was so depressing when I was watching what I could stomach of this speech. I mean, I don't want to get myself sick again, but that there's anybody in that room. Why are they sitting there listening to this old codger? ramble his lies and then he was making up that oh when i said you know russia are you listening i i want you to find the emails i was at a rally i was just joking and i was just you know in the moment bullshit we have the tape you were at a press conference you freak and then immediately that day is when russia started to hack the dnc but you see, it's it's just like any uh, authoritarian night nightscape, whatever hellscape that we're living in. That's what we're living in. They they the first thing as they the the famous quote the the first casualty of war is truth. The, the that's the first casualty in authoritarianism too. They the authoritarian devalues completely the currency of truth. There is no truth anymore. And then he's talking about the fake news and, and the, the morons in the audience. Boo! Boo! Why are you booing? You're hugging the flag in one second, and then the audience is booing the fourth estate, the free press, that the only 
profession enshrined in the Constitution, enshrined and protected, that this mother effer threw out when he's, in, when he's kissing Kim Jong-un's ass, his pudgy ass, he throws out the, the, the press from the room, the American press, the, in the first time in American history. And this is, this is normal? All over the world, when we go abroad, when the so-called president, when, when, we, when we had, well, this so-called president, we've had presidents go abroad, no matter what, they, one of the things that they would do is, show, especially in front of an, a, a tin pot dictator, is to show that tin pot dictator how it's done. They don't follow the example of the tin pot dictator by attacking the president and barring them from asking questions, throwing them out of the room. This is why, as Bernie says, I mean, this is the most dangerous president in American history because he's attacking the very fundamentals of what it means to be an American. Of all those, the, the flag that he hugs, of the, of, the, of the soldiers he salutes, he pretends to, to care as he goes and lays a wreath in Arlington National Cemetery. He spits on every grave of every soldier who died for this republic. That's what he does when he kicks the press out of the room. But this is a, a, a family of con, of con men, of grifters, of liars, of greedy cheats. And he wants us to all be like that. Forget e pluribus unum, out of many, one. It's, you're on your own, sucker. If you can't, you can't figure out a scam to funnel money into your pocket, oh well. If you, you need health care, oh well. Go, uh, you know, come up with some kind of scam. Maybe you'll get away with it, like he does. You know, and so another thing I want to talk to before talk about before we leave. I mean, just as far as lies are concerned. Now, another thing. Remember how we heard all about Hillary's emails? We never stop. Even in the CPAC, he was talking about the emails, the emails, and and the idiots are chanting, "Lock her up, lock her up." And then we have the, of course, Trump, the liar, and the and Ivanka, the liar. And and little Jared Kushner, the the liar and the cheat, just like uh, his father-in-law, they um, uh, now it's it was revealed that his security clearance that Trump just overrode the our intelligence agencies that, that said this guy is a danger to this country. He has too many too many shady foreign entanglements to be granted a security clearance, and Trump give it to him anyway. That's what they are. They, they're not working for the United States of America. They're working for the filthy Trump organization, the grifter, the gilded whatever, that, that monstrosity, the, the ugly, tacky hotels that they create all over the world, the, the sweatshops, the little crap, the, the Chinese-made shoes, that they make and import at a cheap from cheap labor countries. This is what they're working for, and they're they're owned they're because they they were not. He's not a billionaire. Maybe he's now because he's cheated and lied and grifted, and that's why he's so and used his position to 
you know, make money. That's all it's about. Is we don't wor- he doesn't work for us. We work for him. This whole country is now functioning as a subsidiary of Trump Inc. I mean, it's not even a, a decent company that's worthy of our of accolades of something that's created something. It's a horrible company that's that that fires workers that 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 attacks uh, tenants that that can't fight back that tries to kick old people out onto the street. This is what we're we are working for, all of us. Whether we like it or not, until we get rid of them, all of them. But but of course now I have I mean people uh, they for some reason Ivanka, I don't know some people like her or something I don't know oh uh, I don't know. Like she's supposed to be one of the good ones, a smart one. She's a liar too. So here she is. Where is it? Do I have it? My God, here it is. Here she's lying about Trump's influence on her. Yeah, you know, her her husband's clearance. Investigations going on, as you know. Democrats um, launching new ones this week. Uh, one of them into the clearance process. Um, something that you and your husband now have mm-hmm. security clearances, but um, there were some issues early on, and I, there are a lot of people that question whether you were given special treatment by the president, overriding other absolutely officials. Not. Can you speak to that? There were anonymous leaks about there being issues, but the president had no involvement pertaining to my clearance or my husband's clearance. Zero. Well, what were the problems early on? There weren't any, other than a backlog that exists of close to a million clearances across government. This isn't new. This was happening under the Obama administration, the Clinton administration. There are literally close to a million people in the federal government who are in the pipeline to get their permanent clearance and are on temporary status. Every word out of her mouth was a lie. Every single word. Of course not. And I love her the way she's, she's been trained very well. Her, she's very, very, I mean, I hate saying that, very, very, because that's what Trump says. There's, that's the, it's his weak mind, very this, very that. If I hear very again coming out of his mouth, everything is very, it's unfair, it's a disgrace, it's a, but every word out of her mouth was a lie. And that's, she really learned from uh, her daddy. She learned it well. She, she, and that's why I think these, these Trumps, there's something really fundamentally disturbed about them because none of them have rebelled against their father, any of them. They, my, my, I always talk about this. My father was a Reagan Democrat. I, I didn't turn into a Reagan Democrat or any kind of Republican in any sense of the word because my, I wanted to please my daddy. In fact, I used to argue with him. You know, get have your own self. Be an uh, autonomous person. But they, uh, and the other thing is, recently this week, this Ivanka dumb bitch was saying how, uh, you know, the American worker doesn't like socialism. This is just to wrap up the show because uh, somebody just tweeted me. Oh, I'm sorry. You must be in the middle of your show. Not tweeted. The texting me. Yeah, I am. So, <laughs> so stop texting me. Um, 
so but she she said um how the american people they want to work for things like she's ever worked in her life what the hell has she ever done on her to, has she ever gotten a job on her own she's worked for her father her grifter father she's gotten everything handed to her i'd love these filthy these these privileged princes of the new american aristocracy like these assholes telling us what we want what the what we want and what we don't want like they know you know what they want a lot of people who work for trump they wanted to get paid but they didn't contractors did a lot of work for her daddy and they wanted to get paid and he didn't pay them as tenants in his building wanted to be left the f alone and if something went broke they wanted it fixed like a good landlord would do, but it wasn't it didn't happen because Trump wanted to get rid of them. So don't tell us what we want. The the city of New York wanted Trump to keep the facade of one of his of his crappy buildings because it was a it was they wanted it was a beautiful piece of art that they wanted to preserve. But Trump blew it up anyway and said, oopsie. That's, so don't tell us what we want. The, the, this is the worst family on, in the history of, I mean, worse than, I mean, I don't even know. Worse than who? Ma Barker? <laughs> Definitely worse than, I don't even know. There's so many. Really, who's can be the worst? They're the worst because they're stupid, they're greedy. They 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 have the worst qualities of every human being. They is there any compassion in them? Is there any dignity in them? Is there any intelligence in them? There's nothing but willful ignorance. They they contribute nothing. They've uh, nothing. They have contributed nothing to this earth. They take. They poison. They pollute. They grift. They lie. They destroy. They destroy democracy. They destroy unity they have created nothing but i mean everything they have touched everything they have their, their businesses they are horrible they i mean really there's nothing that i can even think of that they've done that's made america in any way shape or form great and they continue to lie to our face, which is, which is the sign that they have absolutely no respect for us. Because you don't lie to people that you respect. You know, you know better. You don't lie to them. I mean, who lies as much as they lie? And they do it so eager and easily. They do it with such, such, oh, no. Oh, no, no one helped me. Daddy didn't help me. No. That's just a silly question. And this went back to Obama. Just blame Obama. And, oh, and before, actually, I meant to say during, because I see we have like a minute left, before, because I meant to say this. Now, watch this. Uh, and when we were talking about the Cohen hearings, when he was like, uh, and uh, and then, what's her name? Lynn, Lynn Patton said something about, that's racist to even say that I was a pawn that's racist or a prop that's racist. That's their argument now. Even at CPAC, they were saying this, that if you are called a racist, just your, your pat response should to, is to call the person a racist back, no matter what. So that's what they're going to do, and that's what they have been doing. 
So it doesn't matter. Don't look at themselves or try to evolve or try to, you know, uh, become a better person to make a better society. They just say racist. You're a racist. If, if somebody says, hey, that's, that's racist, that's offensive, you call them, hey, you know, you telling me that me bringing this black woman as a prop is racist, that's racist. How is that racist? That's why it makes no sense. So you're, by the time you want to argue, you're, you're head spinning. Anyway, all right. So my name is Tara Devlin. I have a couple of seconds left. And we meet here every Saturday evening from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern and on Progressive Voices. So please support the show. Become a patron. And uh, you can go to RDT Daily and you'll see the link to the patron page. And also uh, buy some merch. Do some, you know, whatever. Get involved. Help us. Help us. Help us out here. Do Give us a review on iTunes. That helps. Share the show with your friends. Help us grow. And I will be back next week. If that, Unless that Freddy freaking Kruger virus gets me in the night. But otherwise, I think I'll be good. So, guys, stay safe. Stay strong. As I always say, we stick together. We win. And we will win. We will. So, um don't lose all hope and don't let me make you lose hope but i'm just pissed all right guys i'll see you next week my name is tara devlin thank you